resident lighting specialist to our Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, executive editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, Dave Chase joins us from the Philadelphia area, where he is president of Cogent 360. Founded in 2007, Cogent 360 is a media design firm that creates interactive and immersive digital resources for the consumer electronics and home integration industries. Our guest today is a 35-year veteran of the CE and CI industries and a former director of product training for a nationwide specialty CE retailer. Dave started Cogent 360 to change how organizations educate their sales channels and consumers. Over the years, the company has evolved into an industry-leading media design firm and now incorporates virtual environments and 3D modeling to help companies around the globe. Dave Chase, thanks for joining us today to talk about your career, your company, and your observations about the smart home integration business. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. I mean, it's a pleasure to be here. I, I really enjoy your podcast. Obviously, you and I go back several years, and so I'm, I'm delighted to, to join you this afternoon. And um, yeah, simply put, I mean, I've been around the business for a long time. I got to update that, actually. It's now, it's, I think we're going on 38 years at this point. Um, you know, when I, let's put it this way. When I started in this industry, it was the same week that the Space Shuttle Challenger, was a Challenger? Whatever, yeah. the one that went kaput. That was the, that was the week I started. And uh, so it's been quite a long time <laughs> and, you know, have come through all the different levels of the industry, starting out in sales, which back then was, you know, do you want auto reverse or not? Uh, <laughs> our, our demo, it's funny, selling VCRs back then, our big demo was Top Gun. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and now <laughs> it's the big movies. demo again. It's, the, it's come around. Yeah, and now it's a whole different one, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was if you want to sell the really expensive hi-fi, you know, the forehead hi-fi model. Um, so things have changed quite a bit, but uh, yeah, I worked for a company called Tweeter for for many years, both on the sales side and then management, and then uh, eventually transitioning to the training side. Um, and it was a terrific company. Unfortunately, it it it, it went under. Uh, but I left before that happened. But while there, I mean, it really shaped you know my perspective on a lot of things. I thoroughly enjoyed my experience there. Worked some with some amazing people. Um, and some of which you've had on the show, actually, you know, Keith Esterly from HGSA. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Phil Jones, who's now at, at Massimo, Sound United. And, yeah. And a whole bunch of others. I mean, we joke about it. You can't swing a dead cat in this industry and not hit a former tweeter guy. Well, um, those, those two guys are, are two of my favorite people to, to chat with, and we're great guests for sure. Yeah, they really are. And uh, uh, it's a sampling of the, the awesome people we had working with. Well, it, you know, it's really cool to see how you've you've been doing this training um, business for uh, for a while now, and it, it and yet you you're staying kind of on the edge of technology and new stuff. And um, before we get into that, I, I also noticed that you're still doing some in person stuff. So I saw a post from you at the ProSource Summit. I didn't get to any of the buying groups uh, this spring. I decided if I couldn't make it to all of them, I wasn't going to go to any of them. Um, and, and I had some, some, uh, some challenges with the, uh, with the travel. So I, I, uh, wasn't at ProSource in Vegas and I saw you were there training about high-end audio sales. So you're, you're util probably utilizing some of your training materials and how you would, uh, guide integrators to present to their clients. But, um, are you getting into like the weeds about the specifics of that technology because it's pro, I mean, it's a uh, high-end audio or, what was that training session all about? 
Well, that one, I mean, that was a lot of fun. I actually co-presented with Jesse Coyer from, uh, from Harmon. And it wasn't so much about how the, how the stuff is built. It's really more about the opportunity that exists and how to you know, essentially elevate your game and create more opportunities to present and ideally sell the really, you know, the higher end luxury solutions. And it was kind of a holistic you know, perspective on the whole topic where we, we showed some really compelling statistics around, you know, the, the luxury market and how many people are buying luxury and the opportunities that are there. And then talked about, you know, why still a lot of people tend to shy away, the intimidation factor or other reasons, you know, why psychologically people tend to just, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone and show this instead of the really good stuff. Um, but also, you know, likewise, why people buy luxury. Okay, it's not just the rich guy who wants to show off. That's the bottom line. Are there some of those? Of course, but there's a whole lot of other reasons why people buy really high-end stuff. And so we, we talked about that, the psychological aspect. We talked about, um, again, why people shy away. But then we talked about specific methods and techniques and strategies uh, that should hopefully make it a lot easier for everybody um, to more comfortably start presenting you know, the, the really good stuff um, and why and justify you know, hey, listen, I'm not going to tell you what to spend, but I'll tell you why it costs what it does and give you some, you know, some strategies there to just present it more often and feel more comfortable getting in front of the more expensive key rate. Something I struggled with for a long time. When I was on the sales floor, I was intimidated by it and I didn't want to look foolish. I didn't want to you know, embarrass myself in front of a customer. And so I tend to shy away from it until I finally, I learned more about the product knowledge side. This is, you know, really early on. But once, even once I had that, like, how do I comfortably transition somebody to talking about it without them, without me feeling like they think I'm trying to take their wallet? Yeah. And so, you know, that was part of the conversation as well, just to make it more accessible and easier for people to present it. So it was a yeah. fun discussion. Yeah. I mean, you brought to mind a comment I heard a while back about how, um, you know, certain integrators are doing pretty well for themselves, but typically your sales guy, maybe not going to be affording this this uh, audio gear uh, for their own house so sell with their wallet in mind not your wallet in mind or whatever the term exactly. is right yeah um, selling out of your wallet that's a it's a very popular and still a common situation where well i can't afford it it just seems incredibly expensive so nobody would buy it and you know it, it's money it really is relative yeah you know uh and so to somebody who earns you know 15 times more than you do annually you know, a purchase of twenty or thirty thousand dollars or much higher, they have a whole different perspective on that. And so, right. don't shy away because it's not something that you'd be comfortable spending that much money. So, looking back with when Twitter um, was no longer uh, your home for uh, your your job, what um, was the transition like for you into doing this independently? Um, did you immediately sort of take what you were doing training wise at Twitter and try to do that as a consultant, or how did your transition work back then? It, it was interesting. You know, we used to joke when we were, you know, when Twitter was still going, we had a, a pretty sizable uh, and, and well-noted train department that was nationwide. There was, you know, 25 or 28 of us uh, nationwide. And we would joke about that, hey, if one of us ever started a company, you know, providing some type of training and education service to the industry, there'd be an opportunity there. Because frankly, we'd see some amazing presentations. Inventors would come in and talk about their stuff. We saw some that were fantastic, but we also saw a lot that were, you know, not the best. And um, so we thought, hey, you know, I, I was, you know, the, the, the company had really changed quite a bit. I was looking for, for something different. And so I thought I'd give it a shot. And early on, what I thought I could do was, hey, I've been 
in, in, in classrooms for years talking about all these products and all these vendors. And I could just go to them and say, hey, you should hire me to, to, to train on your stuff. But the fact is they already have people who do that. And oh, yeah. you know, to say that, well, they're not very good. You should hire me instead. <laughs> it's not really a great business model. You know, it's basically saying, hey, your baby's ugly. You should hire me. <laughs> right. um, but early on, when I, you know, I, I pivoted early on to realizing that you know, e-learning and some kind of online training was something that it was a boat that a lot of people were missing. You know, mm-hmm. They still are grounded in the, the face-to-face you know, classroom or, you know, the lunch and learn type of concept. Let me come by the, you know, come by the shop for half an hour or whatever. And listen, you know, there, there's an enormous amount of value there, but there's also an awful lot of limitations, obviously. And so the concept of, hey, what if you had something that could complement that where, you know, the salespeople or whoever the audience might be could get to the content 24-7 all year long. Mm-hmm. So if I just hired somebody, you know, if you were here at my, at my, at my shop or, you know, my company, let's say, two weeks ago, but now I just hired a new guy. I'm not going to see the, the, the rep from whatever company for another six or eight months. What do I do in the meantime? Mm-hmm. How does he get up to speed? Um, and so the concept of online training to a lot of companies was still, you know, really relatively new. So I realized there's an opportunity there. And that became really the focus of, of our business for, for quite a while, uh, for the first several years, um, you know, building customized training and, you know, over time, the folks that we work with, you know, luckily I, I had a lot of background in the industry and knew a lot of these companies and knew people there. And so uh, over time, built up a, you know, a larger list of clients of, of really, you know, high quality names in the industry, which gave us a good amount of credibility and kind of went from there. And it's over the last few years, we still do an awful lot of online training for many of, of the well-known names uh, in the business. But um we also now have, have gotten into a whole new world of technology with virtual capabilities and things like that. That's really exciting because it's a whole new, whole new frontier. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the world kind of came around to you, I would imagine during COVID times and how so much moved online and comfort as well as the generation change where your integrators are doing a lot more virtual learning, probably just more comfortably because that's how they grew up as opposed to wanting to travel to a, uh, manufacturer location or whatever it is um, to, to, to get the education. A lot of people do still need the hands-on, of course, but to have that opportunity, that component to do some pre-learning or uh, certification or that type of thing. Um, seems like the world's kind of come around to you uh, on, on the technology, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, COVID obviously globally was a disaster in terms of what it did to the world in a lot of ways, but obviously there's some real upsides to it. Um, and, you know, it, in, in our little corner of the industry, yeah, it certainly created, it really accelerated, you know, the awareness and demand for, for virtual resources. Uh, and so we were well positioned for that. Um, and, you know, what's great, too, is that when people start learning about this type of, uh, say, hey, we need to have some kind of online solution or some kind of virtual solution. It gives us the opportunity to talk about, you know, how training is, how good training is done, because that's part of it. Even if you're doing live training, um I still see it done really the old fashioned way. And, you know, where we're focused is not just the information. There's one of the biggest misconceptions in terms of how do you educate an audience that so many companies still believe training is equivalent to just providing information. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of facts about this thing. Okay. And now that I've provided that information, you're trained and you know it and you're comfortable with it. And that's not it at all. You know, it, it's if you want people to learn, this is what we talk about with, with our clients. They listen, if you're going to spend a lot of money and time and effort 
to educate your dealers and educate your audience, wouldn't it be helpful if they actually understood it and more importantly could remember it and share it with the people who are going to spend the money on it? Um, and so the whole concept of instructional design, which is a science, like how people actually learn information, how they absorb information and comprehend it, and more importantly, store it so they can remember later on. Um, that's a lot of the fun in what we do. It's enlightening folks and in, in implementing those those principles into the, the work that we create. So it's not just, hey, here's a bunch of stuff on a screen, which unfortunately a lot of e-learning is, or online training, I should say. And it has, to this day, there's, there's some negative stigma around um, you know, e-learning and such. Oh, it's just boring. It's just basically, a, it's a PDF on your computer screen. Right. Yeah, a lot of the bad stuff is, but the good stuff is, is completely different. It's visually engaged and interactive and so on. So it, it's, it's great sharing that with a lot of folks. So how much um, would you say between the integrators and the manufacturers is your business split? I know you do com commercial and residential integration uh, sides of the industry, um, but would you say that you mostly work with manufacturers on training or have you started pick picking up a lot of integration clients as well who are maybe doing either consumer training or their own people training? No, you're right. The, the vast majority of the work we do is with typically with the vendors and, and the yeah. organizations and through them, educate their audience. You know, I, I struggled for years. Like we would do some individual training sessions with dealers. The challenge there is the logistics involved and the cost, frankly, involved where, you know, I, I would get a call from a dealer somewhere and say, hey, can you come out and do a session on whatever it may be? And the challenge there is to create a customized, let's say, one, hour, one or two hour presentation uh, is really time consuming, plus the cost of travel and so on. So it becomes really, you know, cost prohibitive. Um, however, the good news is, you know, it's something I've been thinking about for a long time and working on for years. How do we provide a solution potentially directly, uh, to dealers? And we're working very hard on that right now, actually. And so, um, optimally, you know, this year you'll see some really cool stuff coming out that we're providing that can help dealers directly, um, leveraging this new technology that we're working with, like virtual and so on. But meanwhile, we're creating a, a ton of content for primarily vendors. Okay. And, and when you're working with someone on your training advice and how the, the, to better do the, um, the process of, of learning, do you have um, an interview? Like, what are we, what are we training on here? And then, and then, and then, and then you like kind of work out those anecdotes and things like that. Exactly. I mean, Every project always starts with the same and really fundamental question. We'll talk to you know, the key stakeholders at a company. Um, like, for instance, one of the companies that we work with is the Harmon Luxury Group. You know, we mm -hmm. do all of the online training. We built their university, uh, and we've been working with them for many years, and there's a ton of content there. Um, and we've got it down really to a really efficient process at this point where we actually provide them a template. The, the biggest challenge we find when, with, uh, with manufacturers is – you've got this dump truck full of information mm -hmm. that they ultimately they want to share most of it. There's so many people involved in the process of developing and releasing a new product, you know, from the engineering folks to the product folks, to the salespeople, the marketing people, and so on. They all have, you know, these things they want to include in there. And the reality is, and this was part of the fundamental reason why I started the company, was looking at it from a salesperson's perspective, because I spent so much time on the floor, is that, look, Think of these things. First of all, if, if a salesperson is interacting with a customer and they're going to present whatever particular product or solution, they generally have a window of opportunity, maybe one or two minutes to really present this thing. Mm -hmm. And so 
you go to a training session and they'll have one, two hours of just endless bullet points of all these different facts. And they say, okay, now go figure it out. Go turn that into a 90 second elevator pitch on this product. That's brutal. You know, that's yeah. and, and so many companies do that. And on top of that, all of your stuff is combined with all the stuff from all the other manufacturers and products that they're that they're dealing with. So we look at it a different way. We look at that interaction, that you know, that conversation with the ultimate consumer, the the homeowner, and say, how do we work backwards from there? How do we teach them in a way that will most effectively enable them to have that conversation and present the product effectively? And part of that is the need to know versus the nice to know. Manufacturers are, are really proud of their engineering and, and their design and so on. They want to share a lot of facts. Well, it ain't all going to fit. The cognitive process is not going to fit. So how do you whittle it down to literally your two or three or four most compelling uh, elements of this particular product, for instance, that distinguishes this versus all the others in the market that makes it different? What problem is it solving? Whatever. And that's how the whole project starts. What are the what are your core selling points about this? Your unique selling propositions, and we go from there. We build outlines and script it, and so on and so forth. And eventually, come up with a really cool, you know, interactive uh, experience where people can go in and learn. And secondarily, you know, the other half of this is how do people remember? Even if I have a great training, whether it's online or in classroom or whatever, one of the things that the industry also tends to miss is. What is your reinforcement mechanism? Right. You know, if you had a fantastic training session, you went to a lighting training or whatever, like, this is great. But how do, am I going to remember all that, particularly if it might not be a month until I actually talk about it? So creating other tools that we, that we, that we do where, okay, in the field very easily with a, with a couple taps of a finger, I can instantly get back to the information I need with other types of, of tools that we build. Instead of saying, going, you know, like a lot of companies, well, yeah, go to our website and you'll see there's a library there and that you'll get lost in almost instantly looking for some PDF, you know, it, that it's just the dog's breakfast, this whole, um, uh, you know, massive compilation of documents and things. And it's, like I said, you know, our, our focus is how do we make the whole process easier for the guy at the end who's got to sell it ultimately or for the consumer to understand it as well. We will continue our conversation with Dave Chase after the break. Today's episode of Residential Tech Talks is brought to you by NICE, the global manufacturer of smart home security and building automation solutions. NICE is bringing together 30 years of innovation with award-winning products from Elan, Speakercraft, and Panamax to create a holistic ecosystem for builders, integrators, and consumers. Learn more about how you can create one home with one solution at go.nice for you.com backslash RTT. Welcome back. We're talking with Dave Chase, president of Cogent 360. Dave, um, you're just uh, telling about how you kind of distill down a training um, kind of objective, I guess, with your client. Um, when you're talking about trying to get it to sink in, it, it's something like having even like quiz questions throughout a presentation just to make people kind of think back to something that they've just heard, um, help it settle in or anything at the end that kind of, other than just having those resources available later on to go find, um, is there anything that you try to do there? Um, absolutely. I mean, that that's one method. Typically you see when there's some type of online educational resource, there'll be a quiz or assessment at the end or throughout um, little knowledge checks. And because ultimately, again, the goal is you want to make sure they get it. Are you, under, are, you, are you paying attention and are you understanding what we're trying to, 
to share with you here. And so giving some kind of an assessment periodically certainly helps that and, and you know, to, to embed the information. But there's a lot of other ways as well. I mean, things like, you know, some kind of a simulative environment where they can go in and actually simulate either working with a product or solving a problem or, you know, giving them some kind of a challenge. You, know, you can simulate a conversation with a customer if you're teaching a sales skill, for instance. Okay, here's a situation. What do you say here? And if they respond this way, what might you say? Here's some choices or whatever. And actually, with today's technology, we're getting to a point where we can actually create real conversations using uh, AI-based characters, avatars, hmm. where in the old days you'd have to find somebody, film them against a green screen and have a whole teleprompter. It's a big production to create these types of assets. Now we can actually create conversations with people that look perfectly real. Hmm. And you can script the whole thing. It's really, really neat. But you know, th these are just a few of the many, many ways that get back to the, the instructional design component. How do you convey the information in a way that resonates and is going to stick and that's you know that's the fun part you know, yeah obviously there. that's the core and the the knowledge base that you have and your experience and training and all that um but but you mentioned ai and, and the tools that are available now for uh companies to use whether they're their integration side or the manufacturer side um and and using that I, that's a great example uh, where you don't have to film someone saying the words uh, what are some other tools and maybe in particular with the AI uh, technology that you're able to pre present and use yourself or pr promote to the uh, to the clients to help them make their job easier? Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, AI is becoming a very, very hot topic out there. Um, in fact, you know, 60 Minutes did a piece recently on it. Um, and so, you know, ChatGPT has been probably the most talked about new technology. Although the, you know they talked about Bard, which is the the Google version, basically, mm -hmm. but uh, that's just one element. You know the, the the capabilities of these AI programs. You know ChatGPT, for instance, as an example. I mean, it, for those who aren't that familiar with this whole new technology, imagine you can go to something and it basically knows all the information since the dawn of time. Now that's pretty powerful. Now at this point in time, is all of the information perfectly accurate or up to date? Not yet. But that's going to be fixed. It's going to be, you know, it's going to keep getting better and better and better. Um, but if you had all of the information available, for instance, on the internet that you could instantly recall, uh, it's really, really powerful. So, you know, asking questions or learning about things, or it, it can help with things like design. It can help with, you know, there's tools out there, for instance, for marketing. Um, and, you know, I'll be talking more about this in, in other ways going forward because there's so many things out there. If you're, you know, if you've got an integration firm, and you want to get on the map. You want to make yourself more more known out there. The ability to create really compelling content like a blog, mm -hmm. a video, uh, YouTube videos, other marketing um, capabilities are incredible. You know, so it's not just ChatGPT. You hear about hey, students writing term papers using this thing. Well, that's one small thing it can do. I mean, if you know how to ask it the right questions, which really is is a big thing in, in this world, like understanding. The, the proper prompts, like what do I ask this thing so I get the best response? I mean, literally, there's a capability you can start a business instantly. Where say, I want to. This is what I do. I, I sell home automation products, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, how do I start my business? And by the way, can you build me a website? It'll do it instantly. It's incredible what these things can do. Um, you know, from research, productivity, all these different elements that can be uh, put to use. And 
So you, if you're just getting into the concept of AI, aware that be aware that, that ChatGPT and Bard, these are just two of literally hundreds or at this point possibly thousands of sites out there that have extraordinary capabilities that can really make your, it can skyrocket your business and, and get you ahead of your competition quickly. So you and I kind of reconnected uh, in a weird way, not in person or even virtually, but I, your name came up when I believe I was, I saw a press release from Residio. And then I also knew that you'd worked with URC, both with these kind of virtual tours. Um, what was the idea behind those? Were both companies coming in with an idea what they wanted? Uh, or did you present them, hey, I can do this kind of a home tour where you can put your products in a actually created from virtual you know, t tools home and we can walk someone through. Um, how did those projects come about? Well, it, it's pretty neat, yeah. Um, we, you know, we work with both companies and ultimately, hey, like, like I mentioned before, the ability to create a really compelling customer journey to put somebody inside of what feels like an incredibly realistic home and allow them to explore and learn about different products and simulate different environments like the lighting, uh, different lighting scenes and so on. Um, you know, I, I had talked with both companies about this and they were really interested. And so ultimately, in, in both cases and in other cases as well, we've built an entirely virtual, it looks like a photograph, it looks completely realistic, uh, but a virtual home that uh, people can see you know, on their website or you know on their device. And they can go in and explore the home, click on various elements, learn about URC products or Residio products and solutions and so on. Uh, and again, get a real, a much clearer idea of what it's like to live in a home with these types of systems installed. Um, and, you know, for instance, from URC, uh, they're getting, you know, their dealers have access to it and they're getting a lot of traction with it. It's a really powerful sales tool for them to show to, uh, to their clients as, as far as, hey, here's what you can do if you thought about doing this or this. And, uh, it's been really helpful. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've done those tours and I, I thought that the idea of where you can turn on the outdoor landscape lighting, you can see day and night like that really uh, resonated with me because you can kind of imagine if you will, like something is going to be installed and it's going to light up the trees a certain way or the pathway. But when you see it like that, it really sells itself. I mean, that, like that's my house. That's what it's going to look like. Obviously this is a specific for virtual house, but, uh, but you can get a very good idea what it's supposed to look like. And that's hard to recreate from, uh, you know, a conversation with a client. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the picture's worth a thousand words, right? And so a lot of folks are challenged by trying to visualize what you're explaining to them. So this, you don't have to. Like, hey, take a look at this. And notice how you can click a button, how the light, the scenes change. You know, now we go from day to night and the landscape lighting is there, uh, you know, and, and everything else. All of the, you know, the touch panels and, and all different types of products and audio and so on. Is, is really, really neat. And it just makes it so much easier for people to understand the value of, of these types of systems. Um, and like I said, what, what appears to be a very, very realistic environment. Uh, and so you're gonna see a lot more of, of these types of things uh, as time goes by from you know, virtual smart homes to things like virtual showrooms and you know, other types of environments as well, experience centers. Uh, it's, it's a very growing trend um, and you know, I'm really, having a lot of fun kind of being out in the leading edge of it, creating this really cool stuff. And I know you were mentioning that VR is not the greatest sometimes because the headset is, is kind of a uncomfortable experience for a lot of people, especially you're talking about high net worth people you don't want to make them put this headset on and go through that whole thing. I know there have been some solutions where they can literally build a, 
um, a space like in real time in front of you with the virtual headset. I mean, I see some value in that, um, but maybe not using the headset. Um, what do you think about that uh, application of technology? Well, when you say building building the system, where, where you're literally like you're in a room and you can say, "How about we put the projector, the screen over here, um, projector here," and you can sort of kind of design a room in front of the client right. or put it together. Yeah, that um, that's cool stuff, and that's you know sort of the second half of the equation. It sort of serves different purposes, where you have you know virtual as a design tool uh, type of uh, of element. Well, like hey, now that we've decided we want to do this, yeah, let's figure out the room and where everything should go and, and the spacing and all of that. Uh, and there's some really great technology out there um, that that accomplishes that. Ours is more on the front end. Um, mm -hmm. We're using different types of, of modeling tools and so on. So this is more on the sales and marketing side to, and education yeah. side. How do, how do we create as realistic an environment as possible and load it with different ways that people can understand what the possibilities are? And then once they do that, then you can use other tools that allow you to configure different things and design it and so on. So kind of to wrap up, if you're... Um if you have a company that's looking to work with you on their training uh, specifically, what would their best prep be so that they're in the right kind of mind space or headspace of this is what we're going to need to kind of distill our message down to. So maybe even saves you a little bit of that uh, process when you get together with them. What, what's the best uh, thing that they need to sort of think you mentioned earlier not to get wrapped up in all the engineering speak and that's a whole thing with our industry people just they love to talk about how things are built and that's not necessarily going to resonate with everyone you're trying to yeah, maybe not but, it, but I mean, it's a great thing because it means you know there's so much passion in our industry people love talking about what they do and talking about their products and so that passion does does come across but to your point as far as hey listen if we got to educate our our audience again, whether it's dealers or consumers or whatever, the idea is, you know, first and foremost, have an idea what success looks like. In other words, okay, if if we do this, however we do it, if it if it achieves our objective, what are we looking to do? Ideally, everyone out there is talking about our products consistently, accurately, effectively, and articulating what's great about our product to the to the end user. And so Okay, think about what you want the, the success factor to look like. Then come back and say, all right, what are the most compelling elements of whatever it is that we're going to be teaching about? If it's a product, if it's a, you know, a projection screen or a projector or you know, an automation system, whatever it might be, understand there's a lot of competition out there and there's an awful lot of facts about a lot of products. What is the most compelling story about your product? What separates it from the competition? What really distinguishes yours? What problems does it uniquely solve? Um, because that's a great place to start. Don't just go with the, okay, here's a whole library of facts. We just want to get across to everybody because now you're what they call the red ocean. You're doing the same thing everybody else is doing, which is just dumping a whole bunch of information on their heads. Let's find a, let's, let's find a, you know, a story. That's a big part of what we do is let's do some storytelling. People learn through storytelling, right? Yeah. So what's the story about your product? Not just how your company started. That's part of it. A lot of companies love talking about the garage back in 1962 in, you know, in San Jose, right? But it's how this product come about. Why did you build it? Why did you create it? And what's unique about it? And, and we turn it into a narrative, and that's gonna, it's going to stick better. People are going to get it and be able to repeat it to customers. Well, that sounds like a great plan, and, uh, and we – 
we love storytelling on this podcast, so uh, that, that uh, me- message resonates for sure with us. And Dave, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time today. And I know we tried to demonstrate some things. We had a couple of technical challenges with the platform here, and um, and so we're gonna we're gonna post links to the URC uh, home tour. And I think the Residios one as well um, on our show notes. So folks can go there themselves and do their own virtual tours uh, and see your, your handiwork. So hope you have a great summer and uh, continue to uh, do great things here with uh, your clients. Oh, I really appreciate it. Jeremy, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure getting together with you. I, I want to thank you for the opportunity for, for being here and spending some time with you. And, uh, you know, rock and roll. Let's have a great 2023. The industry, all of the projections are it's going to be a really big year. So. I'm excited to see what's ahead. Let's keep it up. Dave Chase is president of Cogent 360, a media design firm that creates interactive and immersive digital resources for the consumer electronics and home integration industries. You can learn more about his company at Cogent360.com. And that wraps up today's show, which was produced by Residential Tech Today, IPW, and Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com if you are looking to get professional production help on your own podcast at an affordable rate. And if you're new to residential tech talks, text, <laughs> and if you're new to residential tech talks, easy for me to say, please subscribe to the weekly podcast wherever you watch or listen to podcasts. Also, check out all the latest residential tech news at the magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to the print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Friday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell.